Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special. And on this show, I like to do one of two things. Either I'm delivering you brand new music that's dropped, or I'm sitting down with an artist to break down their latest project. And this episode's a little bit different. Focus dot 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 called in to talk about all his latest projects, from rapper Big Pooh's RPM to the Little Brother album, to mixing Anderson's Pox Ventura, and even his work on Mac Dre's Get Stupid, plus so much more. So let's get into it. I am delighted to have the man himself, three-time Grammy Award-winning, gold and multi-platinum music producer, just incredible guy, super talented. Focus is on the show, Focus dot dot dot. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to talk about all the music that you've done. If the people missed it, I did a whole episode with rapper Big Poo to talk about RPM, and the bridge came through, and now Focus is on the show, so it's <laughs> It's just a wonderful thing. I'm so happy. <laughs> no, I, I love talking to anybody that has as much knowledge as you. I really appreciate the fact that you do your homework and you're giving people substance. So salute to you. Man, coming from you, I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm going to try to pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I feel like we should just get started where we left off. I have so many questions about RPM. Rapper Big Poo just really sure. gave me so much knowledge about the project and i think the thing that stuck out the most to me was the writing exercises and challenges that you had him do i want to know where that comes from is there other people that you've done writing challenges with just what is the idea behind the super cool writing exercises oh wow i appreciate that um as far as the writing exercises it was really just because i am a fan of little brother i'm a fan of rapper and i'm a fan of fonte so you know not just the group but the individuals as well and ninth wonder you know what i'm saying so when it comes down to it like i wanted to do something different because Pooh has been in the game so long and done projects with you know knots and, and people that i I definitely admire as well. So I'm like, okay, how do I make our experience different? And it was him coming off of, I think, the two-year hiatus. And it was me just just really trying to envelop and embrace this love for music and get back there. I just was like, you know what? I don't want him to sound exactly the same or sound like he has before. I wanted, I need to challenge him, challenge myself as well. So that's where those ex- exercises came from. That's so cool. And even he- just hearing him talk about them and some of them he couldn't even pull off. Like you were like, oh, rap, you know, with the double time flow, like Jay-Z on Jigawatt. And he was like, nope, I can't do it. <laughs> right. It's a dope thing because he still tried it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was super dope. Like it, he was not going to just turn around and say no. I was just like, just try it. And I was, I'm being honest. Like I literally was like, just try it. It might not work. It might. But let's just see. And let's just try something different. Because like I said, I just didn't want our project to sound like other projects. And that comes from being a fan. Like you said, being a fan of Little Brother, being a fan of Big Poo doing his solo work too. like just being a fan of him and knowing right. what he's capable of, what he's already done and being like, no, we're going to push it just a little bit. So that's so, so dope. I love it. And then he also talked about how you kind of pushed him to be like, you know, we're very creative people. We don't have to curse on this album. Is that something that you do with all your projects? Was it only on this project? And where does that come from? I have five amazing children and three of them are under nine. So I got nine, seven and five. Truth be told, not just the fact that I'm a God fearing man, but at the same time, I want my family to know what's better and not what's worse. And there's a lot of people that are okay with just enveloping what's worse and trying to make it the new thing for a positive swing. 
I know that we're smart enough to express ourselves in better ways. And that was not just, you know, Bible taught. It's just literally, if you think about how many kids grew up cursing, but went home and spoke perfect <laughs> and, and was able to get mad and do the same thing. So I'm just like, man, let's make it to where all of our families can enjoy it. And we can sit around and not cringe when a word comes up Be yourself. That gives you the the freedom and malleability to be yourself in every situation. Mm-hmm. If you can express yourself in every situation, then you're yourself every situation. And you don't have to play up or play down. Just be yourself. Now I kind of want to go backwards from the latest releases. One of them was James Savage's album. Of course, working with Exhibit on that. What was that project like to make? First off, shout out to everybody at Open Bar Entertainment. It was a joy and a pleasure. Exhibit is somebody that I love. That's my brother. And the fact that he even, you know, just wanted to start working with somebody like J.O. who is West Coast. So all day long, I'm going to have love for the OGs and just getting the chance to work with him in his cocoon stage. Because being honest, he's being reimagined, reborn, and all of that in front of the world's eyes. So just for me to be able to work with him in his cocoon stages was amazing. That was really dope. Definitely. And speaking of Exhibit, I've been having so much fun just going through your catalog these last couple of weeks. And the Buster Rhymes Respect My Conglomerate music video, Exhibit is in there. So I know that you've known him for so long. You've worked on songs with him. Do you remember your first time meeting Exhibit? Yes. I do. And I remind him of it, (laughs) which is funny. When I first got out to California, I started staying with, it's funny because he's he's my bro. So I started staying with Tyne Cannon, who's the A&R for Aftermath. So it's funny, like we used to go to places like um, Unity and where Bigger B in Orlando and all them, they used to have these functions and we would go to Unity like it was nothing. Universe, all those people used to get us in and Exhibit used to come through. That place was packed and he would come through by himself no security no entourage no nothing and he would just chill with us drink beers and just be cool and that was when he had out on um, paparazzi and that was one of my favorite records like pretty much ever so it was really dope to see him just be who he was and he's still the exact same person now still that's so so dope i love it because i was watching the video i was like oh there's exhibit like <laughs> and he's cool he does it with everybody like he'd be like hey what's up and embrace people like he's super cool it's a beautiful beautiful thing and then we got to talk about big o's the excuse my goodness such a good project of course you've known him for a super long time too what was it like really getting in the studio and saying okay now we're gonna make this project we're gonna get in here we're really going to do it as a whole and just really create a body of work for him i've known o for 22 years Mm -hmm. he was literally probably one of the biggest people that I met in that time. So it was like 92, 93, around there, 94 maybe. So when I met him and we started working, it was funny because we're both industry brats. His father was Cuba Gooding Sr., who was a singer in uh, The Main Ingredient. And then my father's Bernardo was from Chic. So for us, it was a real creative kindred spirit. And even now, like, it was just like, man, it's, it's time to show the world. You keep talking about it. Let's just be about it. And the moment I said that to him, he put his foot on the gas and I just had to hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that explanation. (laughs) But the music is that good. Like, it really takes off in a way. Like, he kind of eases us into it in the intro, but, like, the music really takes off. I appreciate that. That's awesome. No problem. And then I kind of want to get into some sample stuff. Like, you have done some incredible sample work with your production. And something that I find super cool is with Marsha, twice now, you've used Rose Royce samples. What is the story behind that? Is it on purpose? Does it just kind 
kind of happen. I think it's beautiful. What's the story behind those? That is all Marcia Ambrosius. Mm. I am just a co-pilot on those situations. Yeah, because when she did Tears, and <laughs> I, I can be honest, and she's going to kick me in the butt for it, <laughs> but when, <laughs> when she did Tears, I was just like, are you serious? Like, this is what you want me to do? I'm like, I really want to get in there with you. We just did yours truly, blah, blah, blah. But when she did Tears and she was just like, folk, trust me, just doctor it up and get it to where I can make a song over it. And that's all I did for her. And, and, and that's not one of my favorite records <laughs> in my entire catalog, like literally. And she knows. So that was call one. And then call two, we were just vibing out. And she was telling me she wanted to do a record called Co-Star. She had the whole thing. Like all I literally did was just help her bring her vision to life because there was none of me in that record except for what I was playing. That's it. It really was her call. And if she gives me carte blanche creatively to do things, so... And who am I to turn around and tell her not to do something when she's literally, she gets her better than I will ever get her. She's one of the greatest creators I've ever created with, ever. That's so beautiful. And I love the Odyssey. You're like, that's not one of my favorite ones, but hey, that's what she wanted. <laughs> so that's what we did. Oh, man. Hey. And you have so many other samples that you've used in your catalog. Is there any similar stories as far as the artist choosing the sample and being like, here, I think we should kind of go in this direction. Is there anything that sticks out for you? I've worked with a lot of people, but no one's ever been this kindred a creative spirit as Marsha has. So from when Marsha says, this is what I want to do for myself, I trust her. The only other person that may have guided me with some stuff has been Fonte. But Fonte is another person that is like, I know what's best for me. He's so talented. It's crazy. He's nuts. Man. And then speaking of samples, I think you really got to show a lot of your sample work and just really a whole lot of production to people who have heard probably songs here and there. But you really got to give them a whole on Compton. Do you have a favorite sample that you use on Compton or just a favorite story from making that project? My favorite as far as Compton is concerned is just the entire project. For it to come out, for Dre to even say he was willing to do a project was the most amazing thing on the planet. But when he turned around and he did it, we all lost our minds. And that was the only thing that was great about Compton. That was like the greatest thing. Everything else was just us creating and, and really getting to put music out. But it was so great to see Dre back behind the mic and excited to make a project. Like that was the greatest part of it. And I feel like that project really kind of showed us what you guys had been doing behind the scenes in a way that you guys are really team building like there's such a team at aftermath and we're just now starting to get little slices of it like even you know talking with Pooh about how Thurs was on RPM and knowing that Thurs has been hanging out with the aftermath crew and just these artists that you guys are really building up and putting on the project and writing with and what's that experience like bringing new people into the this incredible place with Dre, with all these other legends in the building. I think that that's what's expected, even from behind the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people in front of the wall want to talk and talk about what Dre should be doing with his status, with his legend, with his money and so on and so forth. But it's expected behind the wall when we talk about new talent. Nobody else on the West Coast wants to put their thumbprint or their word behind a new artist. To me, I would love for it to be Dre. Mm -hmm. But you can't do it with everybody because not only have we had the pleasure of building real superstars, I think a lot of people are giving golden stars to mediocrity instead of people pushing themselves 
to that superior excellence, you know. So for him, it could be one of those things that could be taxing. You can do it for the sake of the West Coast, but then you can actually be like, you know what? No, you guys got a little bit of developing to do, and I'll back that, you know. So Dre is, you know, that's my guru right there. That's my teacher. So I feel like in all your interviews, people spend so much time talking about him and not talking about you. So I'm going to divert back to you now, but thank you for sharing no, that. No, but that doesn't, <laughs> no, it, just, it doesn't bother me because it's so funny. This has been my career career for the past 17, almost 18 years. And the conversations about Dre just go on and on and on. You know, people are going to ask about detox. They're going to ask about all that stuff. So <laughs> it just is what it is. It's, it's one of those things that we learn how to jump over or, or dodge. <laughs> mm -hmm. The other thing I really noticed, too, is you don't get irritated when people ask you to make a beat. Like, everybody who interviews you is like, make us a beat right on the spot. And I'm like, if I was you, I would be so irritated because you hear rappers talk about it all the time, too. Like, okay, I don't have to freestyle every time I come through like I have whole bodies of work but you're so nice about it and so down do you kind of carry that in the same vein as far as like no like I don't mind doing it yeah it's been a blessing that was given to me for free and if people care about what I say or how I feel or how I create I have no problem doing it the only person that gets me like if, if I ever go too overboard it's my wife my wife would be like eh, and then i'll be like okay i gotta change <laughs> but otherwise I'm, I'm ready i'm ready to rock and then for you being a little brother fan knowing these guys for years and years and years what was it like being on this return album made the lord watch from little brother i think that i started to get in my way creatively because i started thinking about Fonte as an individual and Pooh as an individual and how even the records that I've done with Fonte sometimes they'll tell me, well, that's not in my range, but I'm going to nail it. We've challenged each other. Fonte is somebody that I check when I make a record. I'll send it to him. I'll send it to Marsha, you know, so these are people that I hold at highest regard. So to think of him, think of Pooh, who I love, the rawest of raw heat envelops hip hop. And I'm thinking about them individually. Then I start thinking about the group and I'm like, how am I going to exist in this without I feel like I'm trying to mock Ninth Wonder or trying to give them a little brother beat. So I was like, I just have to be myself. And both of them have given me carte blanche creatively just to be myself in their own legacy. So, oh man, it's so, so good. And then I think the last project I wanted to talk about was, of course, Anderson Pack's Ventura. Mixing that, I actually feel like that was another part of just this aftermath, talented group of people that you guys are putting in these rooms. And it was really a reflection of that. What was it like mixing that project? I'm a fan of Anderson Pax. And the fact that my guru, my mentor, gave me the chance to turn around and get this involved with a project. And he knew where my heart was creatively. Like, I love this mixing thing. So I'm really kind of gassed that he let me work on a project that I was excited about. And I wasn't really focused on getting production on that. It was great that I got on Oxnard. But with him, I just really wanted to dial in on that whole analog feeling. And Dre gave me the chance, you know. Analog in a digital world. World. I know you, man. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so real. You know what I mean? Like that sound is so important to who you are, but just hip hop as a genre. Like we still need that analog feel in our music to really feel it. And even, you know, we think now about vinyl. People are really wanting to hear things on vinyl. So to have that analog play a part in it is so, so important. So it's just really great to hear. And then you talked about music with Aftermath, music with Marsha, Exhibit. What do you want to tell the people about what's coming up? I am finally doing what Dre has pushed me out on that ledge and 
told me to fly with. I'm trying to find that artist that gets me excited. It could be one. It could be many. I have some people that I'm working with right now under this new movement of mine with uh, my wife. It's called Envision Management. So right now I'm thinking of either managing or just turning around and just enveloping a bunch of new artists and building them and doing like an entertainment company. So that's where my brain is at right now. I'm just really in a in a big creative place. Especially too, like when I talk to Pooh about RPM, like just all the people that you handpick to be on the project as far as C.S. Armstrong, Thurs, Coco Sarai, like so many more people. It's like you really are bringing these people under your wing and really grabbing talented people to do incredible stuff. So it's like to see that your head is there, it's going to really blow people's minds i'm so excited oh man i appreciate that but even with that and i definitely don't want to take credit away from anybody that was dre having a staple of people like we have such a great standard at aftermath it's hard to find people that are not great in the building to get on albums like that so it's just a blessing to have them a phone call away because they always jump to it and i appreciate them now this is one of the questions that you don't have to answer if you don't want to but I couldn't <laughs> talk to you and not ask about Mac Dre's Get Stupid. I don't know the last time you've been to the Bay Area, but literally it plays every time I go out. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It could be a art and wine festival. It can be, you know, the club. It could be a hip hop show. Like it literally gets played every single night out here. What can you wow. tell us about that track from your perspective? Ooh. That is a greasy situation that I am working through right now. Somehow my CD got over to There's Entertainment and it became the remix to Get Stupid, the original song. So this is Get Stupid, the remix. I don't know because they didn't even, I didn't have a chance to mix it. Like it was literally fresh off of my CD that I gave to Dre and Dre only. So somebody warmed it over there. They made that record. And the first time I found out about it, just to even give a funny anecdote, DJ Don Cannon, that is my homie from the affiliates, and he turned around and was DJing someplace, and he heard the beat. I played him the beat before. Mm -hmm. So he heard the beat, and so he plays this record, and the crowd, wherever he was performing at, was losing their mind. Mm -hmm. So he called me from on stage and was like, yo, you got a hit out here in the Bay, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to call you back. Click. And I hear my record playing in the back, and I thought that was amazing. That's how I first found out about it. So I thought it was just a real local, regional thing, right? Right now, it's just I'm still hearing about that record being licensed and pushed out. It would be nice to be written into the, the truest history of it. And that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's definitely like on some real like subreddit type thing to where like only the <laughs> real heads know. At the same time, you really deserve that credit and you deserve to figure it out because it's something that needs to be figured out and needs to be credited. So that's super, super Thank interesting. Thank you so much. No problem. Anything else you want to tell the people? Envision is coming. We're about to change the narrative. Y'all look out and support. I got a lot of people that follow me on this here Instagram stuff, but um, it's great. But I would love to know what you want to see. So I just don't want to be something idly standing by and um, expecting you to blindly follow me. Like, give me some support here and let me know what it is. That's it. I think that that's super important because with social media, we now 
have it easier than ever to be able to tell people what we want and what we want to hear and to be able to collaborate on ideas and just make things happen and for you to be so willing to flat out say I don't want to be stagnant I want to know what you guys want I think that that's such an incredible opportunity for people and such a fresh way to look at things because a lot of people do get caught up in their own rut or just think that they know everything but to be able to collaborate and know what people want to do I think that that's super cool I appreciate that no problem as far as on the show who else would you like to hear on the special delivery podcast I don't know if you've done Bank. He would be super dope. Bank the Humble Monster. Yes. Uh, Khalil. DJ Khalil is, that's my brother. I would love to hear him on here. I would love to hear you talk to them joint, who's a beast and an alien, and he's going to talk in alien, and you're going to need a translator. <laughs> yes. But he's definitely worth it. You know, I can't even turn around and pretend like I don't want to hear my wife, my partner, had envisioned to talk on this show, but we're going to work all that out because I, I see her giving me the eyes right now virtually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. No, and I love just hearing you talk about your guys' bond as far as her being your guiding force between everything, your muse, your partner, just everything. So it's like to be able to talk to her and hear her vision for what you're doing and what you guys are doing together. Like, no, we need to make that happen. People will stay tuned for that. That's coming soon. <laughs> oh my goodness. There we go. Bang zone. <laughs> Seriously, thank you so, so much. The reason why I do the shows because I hear music and I have questions. So it's like to be able yeah. to this day to be able to ask the questions that I have about music and to be able to hear the stories and just really have a real conversation with such a genius. It just blows me away. So thank you so, oh my so God. much. No, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. And then reach out to me. Just say hi or let me know what your favorite part was. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.